It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joining me on the other line, a special guest. She spent her whole summer uh, trying to be the next HGTV host, Miss Candace Buckner. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I think I did a good job with that. I already got my my uh, my my show title picked out. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I uh, it, it's been it's been a journey being able to uh, to follow you along as you tweet out your your home improvement project. Uh, for those who don't know, Candace is well on her way to becoming an honorary Washingtonian as she uh, purchased property uh, within the district lines. So you know that that that's that's always great to, to see. Just people. tell everybody my business, Troy. That's <laughs> you 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 tweeted it out. <laughs> Yeah. No, but no it, I'm it, joking. It, My mom is always on me about that. It's like, don't put everything out on the internet. It's like, no one knows where I live. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, nobody, nobody knows where your house is. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, I brought you on so that we could talk about uh, a little bit of Washington Wizards basketball. It was a, a, right. a very interesting off season for the team. Um, uh, Ted Leonsis actually uh, made an organizational uh, move on April second when the team let go of a uh, longtime team president, Ernie Grunfeld, and it took them a little uh, while to figure out what their next step was going to be. What, what was the thought process? A little what, while. Yeah, yeah, more than yeah. a little while. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, what, what was uh, your thought process and how Teleontes went about uh, making the, uh, the, the future GM hire, and what do you ultimately think about uh, what they came up with by creating Monumental Basketball? Well, I think after all it was said and done, you know, during the process, very little was leaking out. What was leaking out sometimes was a little bit inaccurate. But um, as the t- as the weeks went on and on and on, um, you know, it was, it was almost like a, a closed-door uh, vibe at um, Monumental Sports because you, you didn't hear what's under, what was going on. You didn't know what was going on. You're like, what is happening? Are they going to go into the season with the interim? But after it was all um, announced and, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and plug my story, I was able to dive a little bit deeper into into Ted's thought process um, with a, a little bit of a 
um, I don't want to say, you know, like a TikTok, because I don't know if folks outside of journalism understand that that term, but it's it's basically um, somewhat of a, a play-by-play um, breakdown of what was happening behind the scenes and how they got to this point. And it just it just it just became crystal clear that you know Ted was taking his time. He was in no rush because he was um, he was seeking advice from a lot of people. Um, some make completely sense, you know, speaking to the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver. Um, Some made you think, hmm, that's an interesting choice, speaking to agents like David Falk, Rich Paul, and Mark Borlestein. Of course, they are very uh, powerful within the player representative uh, field. But then there's others that make you just say, what? Um, (laughs) I don't know how much advice he got from President Barack Obama, but he reached out to President Obama, who apparently had advice on how to run the organization. And it was um, the Chicago Cubs GM and the San Francisco Giants GM and the New Orleans Saints president. So a lot of different people that he that he gleaned information from, and that's why it took so bloody long. Um, as far as the structure, very, very unique even in the NBA, which I think is one of the more progressive and forward-thinking uh, leagues that we have, um, and baseball could probably be up there as well, but it's a very unique structure. The the whole, um, the, the verdict, of course, is an end. So right now we can we can look at, wow, he has shot Sashi Brown, who comes from a, a complete legal and, and football back, background. Uh, John Thompson III, who, of course, is basketball royalty around here, however, um, has only been a college coach. And um, uh, Daniel Medina, who comes from a English football soccer background, and he's he's the chief of uh, medicine, or his, whatever his title is, all, all the titles I need to commit to memory. But you have <laughs> all these different people from different backgrounds that not not are necessarily NBA people, and so the verdict is still out. Uh, I'm whatever that cliche is, I'm probably butchering it, but um, it's still not set to say, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. It's different and and unique, but we got to see it in action. And this year is going to be um, obviously the first year of it, but um, I don't even know how much we'll understand, um, how much we'll understand its impact until they have a significant moment a la the Los Angeles Clippers uh, like they have this summer. There's got to be that, you know, that moment that, that makes this all make sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree that the verdict is definitely still out on how this whole monumental basketball uh, process will play out. You know, I, yeah, that's I think a cliche. That, verdict's out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that uh, <laughs> you know there, there 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 definitely needs to be some type of flow chart to figure out. You know, who reports to who, and you know who's making different decisions when it comes to maybe the basketball side or the operations side. Right. And I think that it, it it's a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're, for people to try to say they know how this is going to play out right now, I think that that's really uh, doing a disservice to them because we, we have to give them an opportunity to, to you know, kind of work through this. And I don't think that we'll even have that answer by the end of this season. But, you know, what, what, one of the things that they, the team did do, they announced Tommy Shepard as the team's GM. So he will be the leading man over a lot of uh, the monumental basketball umbrella. So I believe everything that has to do with the Wizards and the Capital City Go-Go will fall under Tommy Shepard. 
how would you evaluate uh, his initial offseason as the team's interim GM heading into, you know, getting the, 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 the job uh, finally uh, as the team's GM? I thought he had to do a lot of uh, fundamental stuff, and that's, you know, first and foremost, somewhat cleaning up the mess that was last year, um, trying to spend a little bit better, uh, spend a little bit wiser, not dole out huge contracts um, to be another 32-50 and 50 team, and start start laying the foundation of a new culture. And that's going to be difficult. Um, even 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 though he's had you know he had that five months as interim, and he he had he had control and power. There was still a lot, just a lot of like tidying up and and little stuff he had to do to really put his imprint on things. For for example, um, I think the Thomas Bryant signing is pretty much indicative of how they're going to go. Maybe for the next couple years, when you're young. And you play – Thomas Bryant may not be a starter to half of the league, but he here he's valuable because he's, he's the type of player they want to start setting a foundation and a culture around. Of course, of course they have Bradley Bill, who's a two-time All-Star and one of the best players in the league. But you have to have people compliment Bradley um, and – Star um, when John Wall comes back, so you need the Thomas Bryant's who are young, relatively cheap, and cannot play their contracts. Um, and I think that was very pivotal in his off season. Um, you, you notice a lot of the moves. Yeah, I really do think um, Thomas Sadoransky losing him. I think he was worth the money. He proved it over the last few years. However, um, outside of that guy not coming back, which I think. Uh, it's going to bite them in the bud. Um, not signing Jabari Parker or Bobby Portis or Jeff Green made a lot of sense. Uh, all those guys were veterans, and uh, they had they had them on a one-year deal, firing contracts. But you know, how do how do veterans typically play on, on, on the last year of the deal? They they typically go on out. But what was there? Was there was an individual play good enough to make this seem better last year? No, it wasn't. It so was not reward, at all. So, but yeah, don't reward or don't repeat. I should say, don't repeat. Um, you know, don't repeat um, decisions from the past, which of course were decisions that were you know under uh, the previous regime with Ernie. So, as far as like his his uh, initial off season uh, moves. Uh, listen, they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to be young. This is not going to be one of those seasons where, uh, wait, we can surprise some people and, and make it to the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be the case unless some teams um, just get um, just just destroyed and decimated by injuries. Um, but even if that happens, I think the East is a little bit too strong right now for anyone who's trying to get into the rebuilding mode. And um, that's the Wizards. But, um, you know, Tommy had to do a lot of tiny um, fundamental uh, moves and steps to to really try to put this, this organization back on course. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. I think that uh, what Tommy Shepard did was he made a lot of, you know, kind of fringe moves on the outside 
because I mean that's really all he could do at this point because tr- trying to get this not a lot you know, of money, get, yeah. Exactly. You know, there, there wasn't a lot of options. So, and I thought that he, he kind of got creative with some of the moves that he did. Uh, you know, the, the Thomas Sadoransky move uh, with, with him signing the uh, contract with the Chicago Bulls as a restricted free agent, you know, I thought that he did a good job of at least, you know, trying to negotiate with Chicago and getting back two second-round picks, and, you know, and not just letting the player walk for nothing. And, you know, and, and whereas the last uh, uh, administration, you know, uh, treated – second-round picks like, you know, redheaded stepchildren. You know, Tommy Shepard seems to be acquiring these second-round picks, and really they're just more assets that they can use to, you know, try to make different moves uh, in the future and try to add, you know, pieces like a, a Thomas Bryant or, you know, what he did with the, with the Lakers trade where you add in three young players and uh, Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, and Isaac Bonga. You know, and he, they're, they're really just taking, uh, you know, uh, swings at the bat or at chances on players that, you know, could hit, they could be nothing, but ultimately they're giving themselves the opportunity to see uh, what, what these players can do and help contribute. I think uh, one of the more poignant things uh, from yesterday's uh, Tommy Shepard preseason media availability was when he was asked, uh, you know, what was his expectation for this upcoming season, and the first thing that he said was development. So, you know, he didn't say, oh, we're this is not like the past where, you know, there's an edict from top where they have to make the playoffs and, you know, where all their subsequent moves are moves of a team who is, you know, trying to fight for an eight seed. You know, that he, he's talking about development. And so with all of the moves that he's made, I feel as though, you know, he, he's really trying to take his time and figure out what they can do and, you know, who is going to be on this ship with Bradley Bill going forward. And so that, that, that's kind of a perfect segue into uh, where I want to go next. Uh, with Bradley Bill being the star player of the team and the team having offered him a contract extension, which I believe the deadline is October 21st for him to have to agree to those terms or not, uh, how do you feel Tommy Shepard has handled uh, uh, trying to court Bradley Bill so far? And ultimately, how do you think this will play out over the course of this season? How he has uh, tried to court Bradley Bill? Yeah, how he tried to court him so far. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, he's been very, you know, respectful and, and, and praising him a lot and in the press whenever he gets a chance to, to speak to him. But as far as like behind the scenes, um, that is, um, that has not been, um, not been revealed yet, but uh, I imagine, uh, you know, obviously Tommy, uh, and the wizards have expressed that they, they really do love and respect him and they're not letting him go. So, they're they're showing that they want him, so I guess that's that's good. I'm shrugging right now. You can't uh, you can't see that, but I'm shrugging like I don't know what's yeah. going behind the scenes. Clearly, yeah. it's, uh, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I think uh, I mean the best way for me, the, how I envision it, the best way that they can possibly court him is by putting a competent team around him for this season. And so whether that means you know they're competing for a playoff spot, which a lot of people don't think is really possible, but it's like can they can they be competitive? Can they prove to Bradley Bill that you know this is that that, that this team is going in the right direction and that this is something that he may want to be a part of in the future? So that, that that's really what I mean by trying to court him. There you go. You have the answers. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take a quick break and tell my listeners about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. 
And in conjunction with the Locked On MLB Network, use the promo code POSTSEASON as well. All right, Candace. Now, we, I, I feel like uh, we, we have to get to some, uh, some tangible Wizards offseason news. Uh, when we talk about uh, Troy Brown and Isaiah Thomas both sustaining injuries in the team's uh, offseason workouts at the practice facility, uh, what, what, what do you think those injuries will do to the Wizards' uh, early season rotation plan? And you, and you throw in C.J. Miles in that mix, too. Those are three rotational players. Um, I think it does. I thought I thought it was I thought the CJ Miles injury was going to help Troy Brown because at at the least he'll be a sixth man seventh man that I was thinking hmm maybe he'll start. Uh, it sounds like they uh, I guess his name is Davis Bertans not Davis Bertans I just learned that yesterday at the uh, press conference but it <laughs> sounds like they may have to play a little bit bigger because Davis who is a natural four. Um, is also their best shooter, maybe second best um, when you when you put with when you when you put them next to Bradley Bill. But as far as numbers, statistics, his statistics are the best on the team. And I think you want you need a shooter around Brad. So I wonder if they're going to try to um, squeeze him in somewhere in the three and four. And I think I say squeeze because. You gotta, you gotta start, Rui. Uh, this is a season for development, as you mentioned. You got to play your number, your your lottery pick, your number nine pick. So um, I am actually, um, I would be surprised if he's not starting game one. And if he's not starting, then he needs to be the sixth man. But he needs to be starting. So you play Rui at his at his spot, maybe the four, maybe push him to the three. Um, but your your starting lineup is probably Ish Bradley, um, maybe Jordan McRae, Uh, but I still think they need shooting. Uh, but maybe um, Davies comes off the bench, Jordan McRae, Rui, and then Thomas Bryant. But uh, I think it it does impact how they want to um, how they want to prepare going into the season because that's it's, it's hard to miss three rotational guys, especially um, a starter and, and Isaiah Thomas and a potential starter in C.J. Miles. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad that uh, Jordan McCray will be definitely happy to uh, receive some uh, some love on this podcast. And I think that he will definitely have a, a, a big role on the team this season, whether that's starting or coming off the bench in, in, in that uh, – you know, in that kind of scoring role that the team desperately needs. But, I mean, you're right when you say that this Troy Brown injury really sets him back as somebody who seemed poised to be ready to take the next step as a, as a professional. And, you know, I think that with, with, with opportunity, you know, that, that's really the biggest thing for Troy Brown because he didn't really get that opportunity last season as a rookie. I think he only, he only played, what, like 740 minutes? As a rookie, and, you know, that's neither – I think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, Scott Brooks and some of his uh, coaching decisions. And But, you know, it, it, even more so, I think it has to do with the edict that came down on top from, you know, from trying to push for that eighth seed in the playoffs as to why, you know, uh, Troy Brown only played 32 minutes on a team – I mean, why he only played uh, 700 minutes on a team that only won 32 games last season. But, you know, I, I think that when we look at the, uh, the Wizards' rotation – you know that with all of these injuries, it it really leads to some of their younger guys getting opportunities in uh, in training camp. 
And I just wanted to know, who, who do you think is the young wizard who has the best chance of breaking out this season? I say um, Moritz Wagner. Um, obviously, he, he comes from a good program in Michigan, um, was a was – a, was a high pick um, and went to the Los Angeles Lakers in his, his rookie season, just didn't turn out the way that he would have liked, but definitely a, a talented uh, player and someone who should be motivated. Almost, I guess he, he almost mirrors the, uh, the journey of Thomas Bryant. Again, Thomas Bryant, maybe, maybe Thomas came out a little bit too, too soon um, from Indiana, but obviously he went to LA, spent the most, most of his rookie year in the G league uh, then came here and and immediately be, became a starter out of necessity after the Dwight Howard injury. So um, I, I don't know how many minutes he can get, but this is essentially like a rookie year for him, just like it was for Thomas Bryant. And um, he has to be motivated because he, he, he can play, and he, he, he was on the, the Wizards' radar during pre-draft last year. So – They've they've obviously been high on him, and now he has an opportunity. He or he should have an opportunity to uh, to use the, the key word of the of the year: develop. <laughs> yeah, he he will definitely have an opportunity. Uh, uh, I think people are uh, rushing a little bit ahead as far as penciling him in as a backup center because you know, despite a lot of the chagrin of a lot of Wizards fans. Yamahimi is still on the basketball team. And, you know, right now, Yamahimi is a better basketball player than Mo Wagner. So there will be some competition there for that backup center position. I, I like Admiral Schofield as a guy who I think can, can uh, maybe potentially break out this year. Uh, he has the physicality that would allow for him to, you know, not, not, not be, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of scared by the NBA game. Like he's a player who, who can come in and, you know, at least physically be ready. Now, I don't know whether, you know, he, he's going to be able to be mentally be ready. And, and if his shooting uh, at the NBA range will, will, will lead him to, to getting the amount of player time. But, I mean, he plays small forward. And so, you know, the team has a, a, a little bit of a vacancy right now at the small forward position. So he'll have an opportunity to uh, prove himself in training camp. Um, so my, my next uh, quick hitter question for you will be, do you think that John Wall will play at all this season? I do not. Full stop. Full stop. Okay, I, I think that you're probably correct in that. You know, I know for a fact that, you know, he he's going to miss the amount of games that uh, Ted Leonsis can get that insurance check from him. But it, it really, when you look at it from a long-term perspective, I mean, they, they, they literally just gave the guy a super max contract. And so this is only year one of a potential four-year deal. So, you know, it, it would only make sense for them to, you know, make sure that he is prepared to fulfill the rest of the years of that contract rather than trying to, you know, rush him back. Um, and I guess you gotta, finish- I, these were quick hitters, so I, I tried to give you a quick hitter answer. But, yeah, what you just said is makes sense. He's, he's, um, he's still a franchise guy, so get him as healthy as possible, and there's no need to rush him back, especially this year. Okay, and so for another uh, quick hitter, uh, just as, since Isaiah Thomas is out, uh, in, in the Wizards' uh, preseason and, or through training camp, who do you think has the best chance of having an impact uh, this season, uh, Justin Robinson or Chris Chioza, who was on the go-go last year and was brought back? Oh, yeah, good one. Um, 
I think they're they're high on both of those guys, but you have to kind of give the edge to Chris because he does have, whether it's only seven games, he does have NBA experience. Um, and he's familiar with, um, I don't know how, how, how much, how much the go-go truly mirrored the Wizards, but he's familiar with the quote-unquote system, um, at least from experience last year. So um, I, I, I may give that edge to Chris just because of uh, his one year up on Justin. Yeah, I, and you know what, Candace? I'm so glad that you said that because I've seen a lot of Justin Robinson love on Twitter, and I, it's not to take anything away from Justin Robinson – but, I mean, when you look at the, this organization, how they have uh, usually run things, you know, they're not very high on playing a lot of rookies. And so I think that you just have to give the edge to Chris Chioza because of his past experience. And, you know, not to mention the fact that, you know, he was on the go-go last year, but he was called up by the Houston Rockets. And so he got a chance to, you know, actually see a playoff run, and, and he was on the Houston Rockets playoff uh, roster. And he was also on the, uh, the, the USA National Select team this summer, that, uh, that, that put a whooping on our national team before they went out uh, if it's kind of to play in the FIBA game. So, you know, Chris Chioza is a veteran player uh, who, who is going to at least, at the very least, give Justin Roberts some competition. Now, uh, for, for my last quick-hitting question, this one uh, it, it should, should, be, uh, I don't know, should be an easy answer. Or I don't know. I don't know how you're going to go with this. But the Las Vegas over-under – for the Wizards, game total is 26 and a half games. Candace Buckner, are you going over or under that total? Mm, I will go over, <laughs> but not by much. Yeah, I mean, 26 and a half games is, is really light. And, you know, if, if Bradley Bill finishes the year as a Wizard, you know, I, I don't see them not – I don't see them winning less than 26 games this year. But, uh, yeah, Candace, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on and, and talking some uh, Wizards basketball. I know that, uh, you know, you, you've had a chance to, you know, have a little bit of a break from, from uh, Summer League until now. But Media Day is upon us, which is Monday. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to kind of uh, plug yourself and let the people know where they can find you on the social media. And uh, maybe if, if, if you have any different stories or something that you're working on that you want to tease. Well, you can always follow me on Twitter, Candace Dog Buckner, Candace D. Buckner. And, of course, uh, next week um, the coverage is going to ramp up. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's my hey, plug. Exactly. I'll say this. The, the, the Wizards as a team may not be strong, but the content game surrounding the team will continue to be very strong. And Candace is a big reason why. So thank, I want to thank you again uh, for coming on. And, you know, taking the time out of your schedule to, to, to talk a little bit of Wizards basketball, Candace. Troy, thanks for having me. All right, now. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.